Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Just in the nick of time. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for being here uh, on your Monday. We have a great show for you again today, like we do each Monday during football season. We will have front-to-back coverage of Big Sky Conference football, FCS football, and we'll talk our way around uh, the NFL as well. We are down to the Elite Eight of the FCS playoffs. Montana State remains alive. Montana, their season ends 8-5 and five after a loss in the Fargo Dome to the NDSU Bison, a place where many a season has ended uh, over the years. What does it all mean? We'll try to put it into perspective for you. We'll also hear uh, from Marty Mordewake, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. He will join us uh, in studio for hour number two. And we'll talk all things Grizz and NFL there as well. Uh, so very much looking forward to it. We won't waste much more of your time I'm telling you what's coming up. We'll just get right to it. That is your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg uh, and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. No Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joins us for the Montana Football Hour. Uh, from time to time, pretty consistently. Uh, but he, a little under the weather, and uh, wanted him to heal back up because it is uh, into the throes of it. No rest for the, no rest for the weary, excuse me, as the uh, Chris basketball team back in town tomorrow uh, to take on South Dakota State. Looking forward to that game. One of the best non-conference games on the docket. Uh, for the Montana men's basketball team. So um, some fun ones recently in basketball. So we'll get to some of that stuff maybe a little later on in the show, um, both in terms of games played and uh, games to be played. Um, we got a couple fun matchups upcoming. It's been sort of a blah non-conference season so far, although there has been some upswings. The Montana State women have had a couple uh, great moments so far. We'll have an opportunity to see the Grizz and the Lady Grizz at home this weekend. And uh, someday, the Montana State men might come home. We'll see. <laughs> it's uh, It's been quite the road trip uh, for MSU's men, the defending Big Sky Conference champions. But let's talk some football here. Uh, it's time for the Montana Football Hour. It's presented by Stockman Bank. 
the advocates as well as Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate all those fine sponsors for riding with us uh, throughout this football season. First, we have to start on a somber note. And, you know, we we definitely tell you the news when uh, prominent people uh, in the, the sporting world, the Montana world, pass away. Um, but this one, although Sonny Holland passed away at the age of 84, and he certainly had uh, an unbelievable life, a life well-lived for sure, and uh, a journey that will resonate forever, that touched the lives of, of many, many, many people across the state of Montana. Still a really hard one. You know, Sonny Holland was somebody that had a an unbelievable influence on on my life as a journalist, but also as somebody that really um, wants to put a high priority on the importance of history. And I think that history is so important. And Sonny Holland helped teach me so much history and so much of what he taught me, he was a part of. For those that don't know who Sonny Holland is, uh, he's certainly, he's a titan in the Montana sports world. He was a Butte, Montana product who went on to play for Montana State in the 1950s. He was an all-conference and all-American offensive lineman on Montana State's 1956 national championship team. And uh, he then went on to become the head coach of the MSU Bobcats in the mid-1970s. And he led MSU to the 1976 national title. He was the first coach in Big Sky Conference history to lead a, uh, a school to the national title. So when Montana State won their 56 national title, they were in the NAIA and the... Um, the Big Sky Conference did not exist. The Big Sky Conference was created seven years after that initial MSU national title. So the Big Sky had been around for 13 years, and the first Big Sky Conference football team to win a national title was those uh, 1976 Bobcats. Sonny Holland, I think, though, is remembered with such great reverence uh, for a couple of things. I think that there were several things that, that really set him apart as a man that a great many almost unwaveringly, consider the greatest Bobcat of them all. Um, first of all, he was the first. You know, he was the first one to lead Montana State to a, a reign over the Big Sky Conference, the first Big Sky coach to lead his team to a national title. I think his Butte roots and the influence he had as a player that 1956 national championship team for the Bobcats was one of the first desegregated football teams in America. And there's the the famous and some would say infamous story of when they went to the Aluminum Bowl in Arkansas. And Charlie Jackson, who was one of the first black football players, one of the first college football players who was black in, in the entire country at Montana State, they um, wouldn't let Charlie Jackson stay at the same hotel as the team. And so the team said, well, we're not going to stay at this hotel then. And Sonny Holland had a huge influence on that. And I remember when I sat down with Sonny, and I sat down with Sonny many times, and, and I, I wish I would have sat down with him one more time before he passed because he was such a, a, a wonderful man who told such 
such great stories. But he uh, he told me all about how growing up in Butte, Montana, in the 30s and 40s, you know, the son of a miner, Butte was one of the first real, truly diverse places in the West. You know, there's there's the legend of of the mining city when Butte swelled to become the first hundred thousand person town west of the Mississippi when it was booming beyond belief, and with that boom brought people from all walks of life and people from all sorts of backgrounds, racial backgrounds, all sorts of different ethnic backgrounds, all sorts of different religious backgrounds. So Butte was a true melting pot for much of the late 19th and, and all the way up till probably the mid part of the 20th century. And I think that's why, that's one of the reasons why Butte has such reverence and such a great history and such great storytelling that comes out of, of the mining city. But that was on the front end of, of Sonny Holland's legacy. So it's certainly remembered for, for being the first, you know, on that team that was the, one of the first desegregated teams. And on you know, the 56 team that was the first national champion at MSU and the first championship for Montana, a Montana college period. And and then to be the coach of the 76 team, I think that was another thing that made his legend resonate so much. But then the, I think there's three more things that made Sonny Holland's legend resonate, uh, probably more than almost anyone that has graced Bobcat football, at least to this point, and, and probably football in the state of Montana as well. I mean, he is... He's probably the most widely respected person in the football world. Uh, and I, I think that the, the next three reasons are why. First of all, he dominated his rival. I think that gives you a certain elevated reverence among Bobcat fans and Bobcat followers. Sonny Holland was 10-1 and against the Grizzlies during his career between his time as a player and a coach. I think that the second reason why uh, he's remembered with such great reverence is because he walked away before there was ever anything to fall apart or be- before there was ever a dip uh, in in his performance, in uh, the performance of his team. I mean, whenever you reach a high, then you, you are going to reach then. There's, there's a, it's always going to be really hard to reattain that high. Sustaining is one of the hardest things in the world, whether it's in sports, business, your personal life. We all know that. Life's a roller coaster. It goes up and down. But so often, when you reach the highest of highs, the the inevitable fall is, is going to be a part of it. Sonny Holland never had to have that fall. Don Reed is very similar in that element as a legend amongst the University of Montana followers and football people in Montana and around the Big Sky Conference. Because Don Reed rode off into the sunset after Montana's 1995 National Championship. But Sonny Holland walked away after uh, the 76. He coached one more season in 77 and then walked away and and moved into uh, working in administration at Montana State. He worked with the Alumni Foundation and Alumni Outreach for a long time. And, you know, he did it with such grace and class. And basically he said... The only team I ever really wanted to coach was was that group of Bobcat guys, and then when it was over, I knew it was over. I think that helps accentuate your legend as well. When, when you know that the time has come to walk away and you do it with grace before you ever have to falter, it's a huge part of it. But more than anything, 
I think that the the openness and the willing to to tell his story in a humble fashion and the the willingness to be a part of history I mean how gracious is Sonny Holland he let a statue of himself be built in front of Bobcat Stadium and he was neither arrogant or conceited about that nor did he really ever think that it was that spectacular about him, his own self, yet he still was able to put into perspective that that was an homage to a moment in time in Montana State history, that that was an homage to what um, a collection of men in a university had been able to, to capture and recapture. And uh, I think that's the part about Coach Holland that will always stick with me is that he was a legend among us, yet he never acted like it, but yet he still carried himself with such uh, uh, reverence and such an an elevated sense of being that you always knew you were in the presence of greatness. And I I can't thank him enough for the things uh, that he did for us, uh, you know, me and my family and, and just be, uh, letting us into his home many times and letting us, you know, I mean, I interviewed him for three hours for a, a retrospective story about the 76 National Championship uh, team when it was the 50th anniversary. And I think that's what will always stick with me is that he was a piece of history while he was still a piece of living history. He knew it. He embraced it. He did it with class. He did it humbly. And uh, he's certainly one of the most important members uh, of our fabric as as football fans uh, here in the state of Montana. So the news of the weekend, Sonny Holland, the greatest bobcat of them all, passed away uh, at the age of 84. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I've never almost cried on this show before. That that was that was close, uh, but happy trails to Coach Holland, and uh, he he is a wonderful man, and I I will never forget the influence he had on on all of us. Uh, we have many wonderful photos of Coach Holland. If you want to go check it out, I have a gallery of those on on Skyline Sports and uh, thoughts to his family, his daughters, all three of his daughters have always been so kind to me. And maybe tomorrow I'll tell you my favorite Sonny Holland story. But right now, we got to keep on going with the Montana Football Hour, or else I'm, uh, I'm just going to cry. The Montana Football Hour is presented by the Advocates. When you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control. With no upfront cost to talk to an advocate, there's no risk in making the first step to taking control of your life again. The Advocates help people injured by another person's negligence every single day. Personal injury is all they do. The Advocates have helped others win and they will help you win, too. Visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Let's take a look at the FCS playoff bracket here on the Montana Football Hour. You are listening to Nuanas Now, or maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. We're back on the telly. Excited to, to say so. Um, scheduling note for later on this week, three of the four FCS playoff games are on Friday. So that'll be a challenge, but... Um, we're looking forward to it. We are uh, planning on doing our show in Bozeman on Friday as that's the uh, last Montana team remaining alive and just two Big Sky Conference teams left now. 
uh, in the playoff field among the final eight. So we'll, we'll keep you up to date on where we might be, uh, efforting a couple places there in Bozeman to see if we can uh, set up shop there and, and do this here fine radio show. So we'll, uh, we'll let you know as that transpires. But here's how the, the bracket played out on Saturday. Chalk. <laughs> That's how it played out. When I was writing up the, the deal, I was just going through the score, score, score. I'm like, and then I realized I listed it, and it's number one through number eight on the left side, which means the winner side, and then all the unstated teams on the other side. So we'll get to the, that in, after a while. I actually have some thoughts on sort of the, the cut and dry nature of the, the who's who and the who's not. And, I, you know, if you win a playoff game here in the round of 16, I'm not saying you're a who's not in the FCS playoffs, but I, I do think that we've seen the uh, – what it takes to be really good is diversified so much in college football, but I also think that there's a definitive deal there where maybe upsets are going to get less and less, especially at this level. We'll get to that after a while. Number one, South Dakota State dispatched of Delaware 42-6. to So uh, a disappointing second half of the year for the Delaware Blue Hens. They were once the number six team in the country. And uh, like Montana, they, they had a sort of a spiral and then they got back on track a little bit to get into the bracket, won a first-round game handily, and then they go on the road and they lose to the top-ranked Jackrabbits. So statement win for, for South Dakota State in their first playoff game of the, of the year after coming off a bye. Down in Sacramento, it was raining, it was pouring. <laughs> the, the, the camera angles from behind the field goal posts, I mean, shoot, it looked like a water slide. It was raining so hard at times. And... Uh, you know, no excuses here. But I do think Sac State had the number one most pressure on them of anybody in the uh, the second round of the FCS playoffs. The Hornets, uh, they did pull one out. They're off the schneid. They got the monkey off their back. Sac State, 38. Richmond, 31. It took a late touchdown to do it. It went back and forth. They were losing at halftime. But Sacramento State, the first playoff win in their program's history. So congratulations to Troy Taylor and the bunch down there. Number three, North Dakota State, dispatched of Montana, 49-26. Bison rushed for 455 yards, averaged 10.5 yards a carry. We'll get to that game here after a little while. Montana State, they settled for field goals what looked like maybe too many times, and then they blew the game open against Weber State, they were, uh, it was tied 10-10. They pushed it to 19-10. Then they scored two touchdowns in the blink of an eye, and they're up 33-10. You're thinking, wow, they're blasting Weber. Then Weber came back. Good effort by the Wildcats. And uh, then Montana State able to slam the door shut. We'll get to more on the details of that game as well. But they win 33-25 in a matchup of two Big Sky Conference teams. So Montana State moving into the Elite Eight of the FCS playoffs for the uh, third fall season in a row. William and Mary, they won 54-14, to 14, one of the most lopsided victories of the opening round, and uh, the Tribe will come to Bozeman on Friday. So William and Mary, the five seed, they defeat Gardner-Webb. Uh, Sanford, the six seed, they beat Sela 48-42. That's southeastern Louisiana, for those keeping track. And they needed overtime to do it. They got their starting quarterback knocked out of the game. That was one of the big storylines in the FCS playoffs on Saturday. You saw a variety of starting quarterbacks go down, from Lucas Johnson at Montana to Bronson Barron at Weber State 
Delaware had their starting quarterback knocked out. Sanford had their starting quarterback knocked out. I feel like there was one more. Maybe New Hampshire had theirs knocked out. But Sanford, they, they were able to overcome that, and they move on, and they will play at North Dakota State on Friday. Incarnate Word, despite the fact that they have a lame duck coach, their coach is on his way out the door. He's going to UT San Antonio. Announced that before just a couple days before the game, but they were able to get it done against Furman. It wasn't easy, but they get past uh, the Paladins. 41-38, Incarnate Word wins. Uh, so the seventh-seeded uh, champions of the Southland, they're into the quarterfinals. And then Holy Cross remains undefeated. They post a 35-19 win over New Hampshire. The uh, the news of the day there, probably uh, the Cats moving on and the Grizz not moving on. This is the Montana Football Hour. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. At Stockman Bank, they invite you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends, and your neighbors. We were really high on both the Cats and the Grizz coming into this year. The Cats have done it in a little bit different fashion than I thought they were going to do it, uh, and they've been even more impressive than I actually thought they were going to be. I thought the Cats were going to be really good this year. I think the Cats are one of the, one of the best teams in the country. I think the Cats have I think that they have as good a chance as anybody in the, in the bracket to win the national championship. And I've covered the Montana State Bobcats for 12 years. That's the first time I can say with full confidence that I have said that. I truly think this Cat team could win it all. I'm not saying that they're going to. I think that there's plenty of good competition, including, first and foremost, the team coming to Bozeman on, on Friday in William & Mary. But they have exceeded my expectations, and I had higher expectations for Montana State than most of the media people in Montana and most of the media people in the big sky. Montana, I had sky-high expectations for. Uh, I'll never forget sitting down uh, at a a, a local spot right by my house, putting together my Big Sky Conference poll, doing my composite schedule, scoring it all out. Usually I go through every single game that Big Sky Conference teams play and predict wins-loss, wins-loss, wins-losses. And I tabulate the standings, see how it looked, maybe based on what my broad assumptions were going to be, Redo it, redo it, redo it, then put my poll in. This year was the first year I've ever done what I did this year. And I put this on Twitter. I didn't do the composite schedule. I wrote Montana, number one on my Big Sky Conference poll. Then I went through the schedule and and tabulated who I thought was going to be 2 through 12. I had the Cats at number two. I had Sac State at number three. had Weber State at number four. We nailed those ones. It was Montana that we had the hardest time getting a beat on. And I think that part of that hype was part of one of the th- reasons that this Grizz team didn't live up to the expectations. They were the preseason Big Sky favorites. They did climb high for the first part of the season, but then they they fell apart. And I, I would say that even with the playoff win over Southeast Missouri that helped them get to the round of 16, and even though they lost to North Dakota State where everybody loses, so you know you do have sort of a crutch to lean on, I would still say this was a widely dis- wildly disappointing season for the Montana Grizzlies, and I think that uh, there's a lot of things to go into that, which we will continue to talk about here as we continue uh, the Montana Football Hour. It's presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, he usually joins us here on Mondays. He is not here, feeling a little under the weather. We want our guy to be all healed up because he's got a call 
uh, against South Dakota State tomorrow for Grizz Men's Hoops. Uh, easy to get run down this time of year for these uh, play-by-play guys. I mean, Riley's been on the road all over the place covering the Grizz for hoops and football. So we'll catch up with him uh, a little later on this week. But be sure to check out his Inside the Den podcast. He'll have a new one up here probably before the end of the year. And uh, that is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of both Bobcat and Grizz Athletics, Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Three big things about the Cats, three big things about the Grizz, and more commentary about the FCS playoffs. Next, keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Drove to and from Bozeman on Saturday and uh, got our fair share of some Fleetwood Mac in. You know, I know that uh, sometimes nostalgia clouds your vision uh, just in terms of what you like and love. And we always find wonderful places in our hearts for things that remind us of our our childhoods and our happiness and, and our parents and things like that. Uh, but man, and, and that's all true about Fleetwood Mac. Certainly one of my mother's favorite bands, and I love uh, her for introducing them to us, but also just, I mean, fire. Just unbelievable. I, re- I read this great homage to to Fleetwood Mac. By the way, Christine McVie died last week. That's sort of the entry point to our obsession about Fleetwood Mac lately. And uh, wrote read this great article in Rolling Stone that was talking about, actually my brother was sharing this with me, talking about how, um, Christine McVie is widely considered the greatest women's tenor singer ever. Very many women sing alto and or uh, baritone bass. Christine McVie, tenor, and could also sing on and off key a little bit. And because of that, it may they, they, they say that Fleetwood Mac is widely considered the, the, imp- the most impossible band to cover. Ever. You might be able to get the notes and the drums and all that stuff down, which in itself isn't easy because the rest of the band is transcendent musically as well. But it's Christine McVie's tenor that really set the uh, Fleetwood Mac apart. Snoaz now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're driving through the Montana Football Hour. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by the Advocates. Remember, if you've been in an accident, 
you have people that can help. The advocates offer free consultation to discuss your case, and you don't pay a dime until they win your case. The advocates know it's scary. Give them a call so they can help you deserve an advocate. You can visit online anytime at MontanaAdvocates.com. We've been doing this all season long, so why will we quit? Three big things about the Bobcats, three big things about the Grizzlies. The Bobcats, a 33-25 victory over Weaver State on Saturday in Bozeman. They're into the semifinals of the FCS playoffs for the third fall season in a row. The Montana Grizzlies, they ran into the buzzsaw that is the North Dakota State Bison. They lost 49-26 in Fargo. The Grizzlies season ends at 8-5. and five. So we'll go back and forth here. Back and forth, we have uh, some sound bites for you as well. And uh, let's just get into it. Three big things about the Cats. Number one. It is is truly, to me, as someone, and, and I actually want to redefine this because I've said this on the show uh, pretty much ad nauseum for the five years I've been doing ESPN Radio. I think anybody that's a loyal listener knows by now, uh, I'm a lineman and I watch the football from the lines. I watch football from the lines out. Most people watch the ball. I watch the lines. That's why I have great, great confidence in my ability to analyze offensive and defensive line play. Uh... That's probably why I miss some stuff on the perimeter. I'm terrible at uh, analyzing secondary play and coverages and stuff. That's why we got my brother. I mean, Brooks Navarro was a, a, a all-state safety and a guy who played Division One football at safety for a couple of years. So he knows how to break all that part down. But when I say that I love the run game, I, I don't mean that I love eye formation, two tight end, fullback, run it down your throat, blah, blah, blah. That's part of it. And it can be an interesting fold because that's becoming unique in this day and age. But what the Montana State Bobcats do in the run game, it's funny because you can just sit up here and bloviate and pontificate and say, well, you know, this is what I would do. I have long said, though, what I would do if I was making a a modern-day scheme for one of the two Division I football teams in the state of Montana is I would recruit undersized but super athletic, smart, flexible, and tough offensive linemen. I do think that the, the 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 prototyping of that position has been to the detriment of teams at the Big Sky Conference level. If you're going out and getting 6'5", 310-pound guys, this day and age, with the level of scouting that exists at Division I football... You're not going to get that athletic of guys if they're that big and they're not going to the FBS. It's just true. I also think, though, some of the times the undersized guys are going to have a chip on their shoulder, and so they're going to be able to play way above their head. But I also think the athleticism, the ability to get out on the perimeter, the ability to block up the field while running in motion, is what. that's how I would build an offensive line. Then I would build a run game based on pre-snap misdirections, smoke and mirrors, super complicated for the defense pre-snap, super easy for the offense pre- and post-snap. And then I would design a variety of run plays to get as many guys as I possibly could, the ball in their hands, in space, and make defenders miss. Well, Taylor Housewright, congratulations. You created Coulter Nuanez's dream offense. That's what Montana State does. They got an undersized athletic offensive line that plays with a chip on their shoulder. They keep it simple with what they do in the run game, but they keep it in terms of their pre- and post-snap stuff on the line, but they keep it incredibly dynamic and diverse, 
and their ability to make a defender's head spin. Then they have not one but two absolutely elite runners at quarterback in Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers. And then it doesn't matter who you put back there. They got a guy who's a 100-yard threat, whether it's Lane Sumner, Marky Johnson, Elijah Elliott, Garrett Kuhn. All those guys have gone for 100 yards in a game. But don't look now. Montana State got their single best player that was at least their single most decorated player from a year ago who hasn't played in a year. They got it back on Saturday. Isaiah Fonse rushed for almost 100 yards on Saturday, coming off a knee injury. It's truly amazing to watch the Bobcat run game. They ran for 388 yards on Saturday. They averaged 7-point-something yards per carry. That's just the formula now. I mean, they've rushed for over 300 yards eight times this year. Eight! It's astounding. Weber State head coach Jay Hill had to see it twice. They gave up more than 300 both times. Both of them losses at Bobcat Stadium. Tough game. We knew it would be. Give Montana State a ton of credit. They ran the ball even when everyone in the stadium knew they were going to run it. We knew they were going to run it, and they still, they're very creative with their scheme. Um, the quarterbacks that can both run it do a phenomenal job. Having Afonso back was just a little bit of a shot in the arm. You could tell that gave him a little more juice. Um, but give them credit. They played very well. Um, Coach, is there anything different than Montana State did in the run game? No. No, we did, we did not. Um, Handle it good, you know. Not having Desmond Williams and and uh, some of the other safeties in there was that hurts. But we just we did, we should have played it better than we did the first time, and we didn't. Um, we myself and I hold myself most accountable. We should have had something a little better for the players to stop that run game. So says every coach. <laughs> I don't I, that's the thing is you know we were very critical of Montana following the uh, Bobcat Grizzly game about you know the things that Montana could have done to slow down Montana State as the Cats were on their way to rushing for 440 against the Grizz. But I don't know what you do. You know cuz you can be critical of the 335 that Montana runs. Time a lot mentioned how they weren't gap sound. And they knew it, and that's what they exploited. Well, Weber runs basically uh, the, the Kyle Whittingham defense from Utah, which has been great. I mean, did you watch the Pac-12 championship? Once they settled in, they were lights out against USC. Weber is one of the most talented and one of the most disciplined defenses in the country. And the Cats still ran it right down their throats. Just amazing to watch. Here's Tommy Mallott on the run game. No, extremely proud of our offensive line for what they've done. Um, you know, there's been a, there was a lot of doubt at the beginning of the year, and you know they've uh, they held that well, and and we all knew that they were going to dominate this year, and and uh, you know that's what they're doing. So, you know, a lot of credit to those guys, and then we have a lot of guys in the entire offense um, that know how to make plays, and, and they do it every Saturday. Time a lot rushed for 154 yards. He's now over 1,000 rushing yards for the season here during his excellent. Sophomore year. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is answered by a live person. Stockman Bank's highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to make any and everything you need easy for you. Blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Three of the things about the Bobcats, three of the things about the Grizzlies. We got through one of the Cats. Here's one for the Grizz. 
Losing to North Dakota State in the playoffs, it's just kind of status quo. Unfortunately for the rest of the FCS, when you got to go to Fargo, you're going to lose to the Bison. I mean, the Bison have only lost 12 games in the last 11 years. I mean, it's, the run is stupid. It's unbelievable. It's 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 like nothing that's ever happened in college sports before. I really think that. I think that UC, John Wooden's UCLA teams and North Dakota State, that's it. One just happened to be at L.A., and they had guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton. I guess Lou Alcindor back then. And they got the Wizard of Westwood. The other one is on in Fargo, North Dakota. So, uh, you know, there's no shame in losing at North Dakota State. It's, it happens to everybody. It happens to the best of us, as they would say. I mean, the Cats went to North Dakota State, got blown out a couple years in a row. I mean, they lost 52-10 to and 49-14 back-to-back seasons. Still, though, I think that the Grizzlies have been and will continue to be held to a higher standard than pretty much everybody. Montana State, if they if they are uh, Montana State, is one game away from entering that rare air. Like if, if the Cats are in the Final Four again this year, now all of a sudden they, they're going to have expectations of national championship runs or bust. But but the Grizz, I think that they are held to this standard because of their past, because of their attitude, and because of the facilities that they. They have at their disposal, and because of so many of you out there listening, the passionate, sometimes fervent, sometimes rabid fan base that's really, truly second to none uh, in in the FCS. All that said, though, this was objectively a, a disappointing season for the Grizzlies. Eight and five, given the talent that they had, the expectation that they had, um, and it wasn't just the 8-5. and five. I know Montana played a bunch of good teams. They lost all those teams. And it wasn't as if they got blown out in, in hardly any of those games. They got blown out by the Cats and North Dakota State, though. And that's... I guess the thing that's the hardest for me to rationalize is that it's just so strange to hear from Grizz people saying that an incredibly different, difficult schedule was a main factor in having a very mediocre season. Because forever, it didn't matter who this was on the schedule. And I know the Big Sky is a lot better than it's ever been. I know there's more competitors at the FCS level. The Grizz helped set the pace for that. The Grizz pushed the envelope in the Big Sky and everybody else kept, started trying harder. They started using things that Montana had done to, to try to replicate that same success. They created the monster, so to speak. But they also created their own monster. And we'll get to that in a minute, but my first big thing about the Grizz is that this was a weird team and a weird season. And I think the fact that Bobby Howe calls it the, the, his favorite team he's ever coached. We talked to Coach Howe today, and... He, was, he, he wasn't very revelatory about a lot of things, although he was very nice and, and polite, which is a, a change from midseason for him for sure. That's to say he's ever like blatantly disrude. He's just very bristly sometimes. But regardless, here's what Bobby Howe had to say from earlier today, just on this season and on this team in general. Very interesting. A lot of great stuff this season. Um Incredibly good at times, and then and then not as good a few times too. So, um, really proud of this team. They they competed hard. 
Um, they played really hard every timeout. I mean, every single timeout. So um, looking back on the season a little bit, um, really enjoyed it, enjoyed being around them. As I've said, you guys are probably tired of me uh, saying it, but I'm going to say it one more time. Really, really enjoyed this team a lot. Um, you know, I thought playing four of the top five teams in the country on the road over a seven-week period was a little bit extreme, and, and I think that took a took its toll on us a little bit. Um, beyond that, you know, it was a good year, and, and uh, I, en- I enjoyed it. Bobby, if you could describe this year and this team in one word, what would it be and why? Uh, competitive. Oh, and why? Well, that's not one word. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, probably go back to what I just said. They, they went out and they they were they competed hard every time out. I mean, it, it's it's rewarding as a football guy to watch these guys play and the way they approach the way they approach the preparation, the way they play the game, the way they compete. It's it's rewarding. You mentioned to some of these guys after the game in, in Fargo that uh, this was your favorite team you've ever coached. Why is that? Oh. Just who they are, um, how much they care about Montana, um, what they're willing to do uh, for each other and, and for Grizzly football. I mean, without blanking an eye, I mean, they're just unbelievably um, bought in, competitive. And then when you couple that with the fact they're great dudes, like good to be around every day. Um, and they're just this is a special group. And I've been around some really awesome teams that I love dearly, but this group's special. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsors of both Bobcat and Grizz Athletics. Blackfoot Communications has done so much for us here at ESPN MT, as well as uh, at Skyline Sports let Blackfoot Communications help you connect to more. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Bobcats. Stick on the Grizz here just for a minute. What Bobby Houck said right there is absolutely true. The Grizz played with tremendous heart this year, tremendous passion. Uh, their preparation was exceptional. And I think that, that all of those things... If you have those, that's good. I think you have to realize, though, that that's not enough in modern-day college football. It's a true multimillion-dollar arms race. The Grizz also have many of the intrinsic things that other programs are missing, though. Phenomenal facilities. They have an $18 million gem of a facility in the Champion Center. They have the best, single-best stadium that I've ever been to in college football in the Western United States Besides maybe Otson Stadium out in Oregon? I don't know. I've been to stadiums all over the West. Washington Grizzly is second to none. I'm not saying it's definitively the best, but it's among the best for sure. So you have that. You have a culture of of effort, discipline, showing up to work. You know how to prepare. But sometimes just playing hard and playing harder isn't enough. I think this team needs to be a little bit more Extroverted. I think they need to get outside of their own bubble. I think they need to realize that there's a bigger world out there uh, just in terms of what you can do, how you can play, how you can operate, all that sort of stuff. 
Here's Bobby Halk on the expectations of this season and how maybe those affected his team. How did this year and the way it finished compare to your expectations before the season began? Well, I don't really have any before the season. I expect to play the next game and, and win it. You know, big picture. I, I expect to win them all every year. Coach, you mentioned seeing, what, three, four, five of the top teams in the country. What did you learn from seeing those teams? What's the gap between Montana and those teams? Um, well, it depends on the game, you know. So that that's a little bit broad if you could – point that down a little for me. I'd well, I guess to start with last week, then uh, North Dakota State, I mean, obviously the, the team that has won it all nine out of the last ten years. So um, what do you think they have that's maybe different than everybody else? Well, they're really, really good up front. And, you know, that we gave up four big runs in that game. I watched the film. Can't do that. Um, but beyond that, it's not that far apart. I mean, watching the film, I'm I'm encouraged watching it, frankly. But does that give you optimism moving forward, just that you, you feel like you are close? Yeah. I mean, you know me. I'm pretty optimistic, generally speaking. But, uh, yeah, I think we have a good team. I think we have a good team coming back, as Kyle uh, alluded to. No, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Okay, uh, Montana Football Hour, three big things about the Cats, three big things about the Grizz. Uh, your second big thing about the Cats they have such an impressive business-like approach. It's one thing to say we take it one week at a time. You know, every game's a big game. We're going to concentrate on this week. It's another thing to truly do it, truly believe in it. And uh, I think that the, the 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 balance that the Cats are able to toe is that they have the utmost confidence in themselves. They truly believe they are a national championship contender. Yet they also believe at the same time that they're nowhere close to being as good as they could be. And Brett Vegan talks about that all the time. We have a ton of stuff to work on. We're a long ways away. We still believe that we are one of the best teams in the country. It's a very delicate balance this day and age. Here's Ty Okada, senior captain on that business-like approach, what it was like preparing for Weber State for the second time in less than a month. You know the prep, what was it like this week knowing that you're playing a team that you just played about a month ago? Yeah, it, it's super interesting, right? Because you, you, you kind of have an idea of what their tendencies are, but in the back of your head, you're wondering, all right, well, how much are they going to change? And they definitely made some adjustments, some really good adjustments that we had to also make our own adjustments for. But, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you're, you're, you're preparing that whole week thinking, all right, well, are they going to do similar things or a little bit different? And it's a combination of both, and they did a really good job of that. And so that's kind of the thought process when you're watching film again and preparing for that. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, the Montana Football Hour. We're up against it, so we'll take a break. We'll come back, take a look at the quarterfinal matchups, and give you our last big thing about both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. 
I was born in the great year of 1987, and it's actually really funny. I think that uh, two of the most transcendent musical artists of of the 20th century, really, Fleetwood Mac and Bruce Springsteen, they both dropped debut albums in, in 1975. I guess they had had some, some non-major record label albums each act had in the early 70s, but they're big hits, whether it's Fleetwood Mac's self-titled debut album or Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, 1975. And then they put out smash albums for, you know, the next decade plus. And then in 1987, the year of my birth, Fleetwood Mac dropped Tango in the Night and Bruce Springsteen dropped Tunnel of Love. And both were extreme uh, steps away from the styles that had made them world famous in uh, previous years. And it's just so funny because I love those albums. <laughs> I, I totally appreciate them for wanting to be different. I mean... Yeah, Tunnel of Love was way less rocker, way more emotional love-type songs for the the boss, but just such unbelievable songwriting. I, it's actually my favorite Bruce Springsteen album. I know that's a very unpopular opinion. Most people would say Born to Run or The River, Badlands or Born in the USA or you know a variety of other ones, but th- that's mine is, is Tunnel of Love for sure. And uh, Tango of the Night, it's not rumors, I know that. And I think that's why people didn't like it that much in the t- in the moment in time. But uh, it's a phenomenal Fleetwood Mac album as well. I'm on a kick, if you can't tell. What's up, everybody? Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A little programming note for you. Usually about this time, we have the press conferences from today already up on SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, today has been not my day. <laughs> I, uh, I have approximately nine pieces of technology that I need to work for me on a given day and not one of them worked today, not one. So, uh, we are working on it. We'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh, you'll have some press coverage stuff to, to, uh, listen into. We have a couple of minutes left on the Montana football hour. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. The Bobcats won 33-25 over Weber State in the second round of the FCS playoffs. They're into the Elite Eight. The Grizz lost 49-26 to North Dakota State in Fargo. Uh, they Their season is over. It ends uh, at 8-5. and five. I gave you my first two big things about the Cats. Everybody in the stadium knows they're going to run it, and they still run it, and they do it so well. They also are so impressive with their business-like approach. My two big things about the Grizz I've given you so far. Losing to NDSU is the status quo, yet Montana needs to find a way to uh, elevate itself so that talking about the scheduling being against them is no longer a factor because they are the part of the scheduling that's tough for everybody else. That's where Montana needs to return to in terms of the expectation that there should be for the program. And then the other thing is uh, I think that the expectations externally for this team uh, really was hard for them to handle. And I think when uh, it all started unraveling on them, uh, I think that that really had an effect uh, on their season. Big thing number three about the Cats, uh, I really do think they can make a run, and I think it's because of their confidence, their deliberate nature, and their running game. I, I think that they they truly have the, the the internal dichotomy of being able to realize that they're far away from becoming the best version of themselves, yet still have ultimate confidence in themselves. I think that Brent Vegan knows just what it takes to win a national championship. He won three in a row at North Dakota State as the offensive coordinator there. And I think that his he knows exactly where his team is at in terms of chasing that. I think he knows they need to get better still, but they're into the Elite Eight, so they are absolutely in the mix. My third big thing about the Grizzlies, I think that 
you know, again, as Andrew Houghton wrote in his game recap on uh, SkylineSportsMT.com, going to Fargo is sort of like the crucible. You, 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 your season ends in that exact moment, no matter who you are. Yet I still don't think that masks some of the systematic fundamental issues that Montana encounter this year. And I think if they want to RTD, as it were, as they say, I think that the number one thing they need to do is they need to be able to look inside. I think they need to be able to look internally, analyze what they need to do differently. I think that they have an array of talent. I think that's why this uh, season was very frustrating to watch because they have all of this offensive talent that they're they're using in, in middling fashion. They have all this defensive talent that they're using uh, without any diversity in the packaging, all just breakneck heavy metal defense that is, uh, when operated w- well, fun to watch, but when operated not as well, really, really vulnerable. And I think that that was shown on full display uh, down the stretch. So there you go. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Bobcats. I had some stuff to talk about the national uh, FCS landscape, but shoot, it's only Monday. Yeah, hell of a lot left to talk about throughout the rest of the week. So we will. We'll do that tomorrow and Wednesday as well. Jam-packed slate coming up for you. But we also have a jam-packed hour number two coming up for you as well. The Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates. The Advocates has free consultations. They'll help defer your medical bills. You can always chat online, montanaadvocates.com. You didn't deserve to be an accident. You do deserve an advocate. It's also presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has three dozen-plus locations throughout the state of Montana. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. And the Montana Football Hour, also presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizz and Bobcat Athletics. Blackfoot Communications helping you connect to more. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We got free car washes plus one of the most fun guys around, Marty Mornaweg. 26 years in the NFL, but now our NFL go-to analyst. He'll join us in studio next, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty coming at you. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.